0: Say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown. Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game.
1: All across CNY. Keep
0: the tires and
1: light the fires, big day. It's the 3-1-5. Hardy
0: faking, feeds the great He scores! And the He scores!
1: <laughs> Here's Brian Higgins.
0: All right, what is up in the queues this afternoon? Hello, Utica. Hello, Rome. All points in between. All across CNY. What's up to those of you on QSportsTalk.com, where you can watch what we're doing in here right now. Head on there. Take your Amazon Prime subscription. You won't have to watch any pesky ads to get to the good stuff. You one free sub there. We know you got the Amazon Prime. You're watching Thursday Night Football. Don't lie. We know you got that. Dolphins on uh, tomorrow night. Two is 9-1 and one in the last, last 10 starts. Dolphins' hottest team in the league, so that's tomorrow night. We'll get to uh, some of that on the program tomorrow. Here's what we got coming up today. We kind of got a bit of a smorgasbord. Uh, we'll hit uh, a little ACC, see what David Hale knows about Georgia Tech. We will find some trophies for Riley Dixon to win. He is a charter member of the Riley Dixon fan club. Hit the Cuse. Hit the league. David Hale of ESPN at 2.30. Into some Syracuse football at 3 o'clock. Andre Schmidt will join the program. Not for long. We run the two-minute drill with Andre. Very important questions to ask Mr. Schmidt. And then at 3.30, Joe Sheehan, who was one of the... uh, Founders of Baseball has uh, written for Sports Illustrated, The Athletic, ESPN, yada, 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 over the years. Now you can find him at uh, the aptly named Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. He'll join us at 3.30 to get into these home run races. Aaron Judge, is he in a race? Is he not in a race? Joe, uh, maybe have a slightly different opinion on that uh, than others out there. And uh, certainly Albert Pujols. I mean, this dude has been around forever. He's 42 years old. He's turned back the clock a decade. He's uh, literally having the best half a season that he's had, essentially, in more than 10 years. See if Joe can put that in perspective for us coming up at 3.30. So I'm looking forward to all of that on the show here today. Hit you a little on the accused men's basketball schedule. Uh, We knew the schedule. Now we know the tip times and the TV locations couple of interesting uh, nuggets for you on that a little bit later on in uh, the hour today. But, you know, you know, first you get the non-conference games. Well, first you get the conference opponents. Then you get the non-conference schedule. Then the conference opponents get put on days. And now we have times and television networks to go along with it all. It's a, it's a multi-part process to get the basketball schedule out there. But we wait for it with bated breath every year. And now we know essentially all of the parts. I still have never seen a game which is scheduled for one of two days. Syracuse is playing Boston College either on December 30th or 31st. I don't know how one makes up their mind uh, or when one wakes up their mind when that game's going to be. But uh, besides that, we know uh, when and where and what uh, the games are, when they'll be, where they'll be, and how you'll be able to see them. And, of course, uh, you can always hear them. Uh, down the hall and down your dial on TK99. But we'll get into that uh, later on in the program today. But we start today on Aaron Judge. Why? Well, not because he hit a homer. Aaron Judge, watch 61, day 8, continues. And it's interesting here for the Yankees right now because there was celebrations last night, as there should be. They clinched the division. First time since 2019, only the second time in the last uh, 10-plus years for the Yankees to clinch uh, the AL East. It's easy to forget that the Rays won the division each of the last couple of years, and then uh, the years between Yankees divisions wins in 11 and 19, the Red Sox won it a lot, Uh, and the Rays snuck in there as well. I think a lot of people thought the Blue Jays might win the division uh, this year or the Rays again. The Orioles were frisky. You never know with the Red Sox. They won the division uh, in like the middle two months of the season. That was useful. But the Yankees had the scalding hot start, the frigid about a month after the All Star break. But they've uh, refound their stride here in September to take the division going away and set up what is interesting, and interesting certainly in the case of Judge, uh, for the Yankees, the results of the games. And they have eight games remaining in the regular season. And very randomly, uh, for. Almost every division winner, five of the six divisions are runaways. And the Mets and the Braves are tied right now in the East. Both will make the playoffs, uh, but it is important who wins that division as far as who gets the first round bye. But five of the six divisions are locked up. I mean, the Dodgers locked up that division when they woke up in April. The Yankees essentially have had the East on ice for months, uh, even with that bad month, month and a half after the break. Astros running away with the best record in the American League. Even the NL Central, which isn't good, isn't close. Same with the AL Central. But the Yankees have clinched not only the playoffs, they have not officially, 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 officially clinched that they are the uh, two-seed, second-best divisional winner in the American League this year, but there's really, it would take... 19 miracles for uh, anything to happen in that regard at this point. So the Yankees know they will be uh, second to the Astros. They know they will not be playing in the first round, and there is nothing in that that can change in the next eight days. So on one hand, normally in that scenario, what many teams would do is, you know, give guys a day or two off, You've got the expanded roster, working some extra guys. Get everything ready for the postseason. Get everything ready. So you got whatever starter you want on proper rest. You've got maybe some guys that got you to that point. Maybe they've played a lot of games. Maybe they're showing a little drag. Maybe you want to freshen them up just a little bit for the postseason. And the Yankees can do that if they want, without questions, complaints, or otherwise, for all but one guy on their roster. They're in a very interesting scenario, and one of which that has essentially never been encountered in the history of baseball. Aaron Judge, right now, and tonight is game 155 for the Yankees, so there was a lot of talk when Judge hit uh sixty a week ago Tuesday, it was they were still in the mid one forties for uh, games played the old baseball schedule back in the Babe Ruth days up till nineteen through nineteen sixty was a hundred and fifty four game season. Yada yada yada. Roger Maris hit sixty one in a one sixty two game season, asterisks, et cetera, et cetera. That is all the history that brings us to now. So Judge had a good chance if he did a homer or two in the last couple weeks that he would have, you know, gotten to that number in under 154, which back 60 years ago was the biggest thing going in baseball. It kind of ruined Roger Maris's life there for a while. And currently his family can't stop following around Aaron Judge. He needs to hit one just so they can all go home. But that's neither here nor there. So now the Yankees have a question. Do you rest Aaron Judge? He's played now in 48 straight games. Now, Cal Ripken says that's it. But. In modern baseball, nobody plays 162 anymore. It's rare. But guys take a game off, and it's not unusual anymore. I, I don't know if the term load management has made its way to baseball like it has the NBA. Let's say LeBron and would maybe be the first guy that popularized it, or certainly it's all in the line of, Him, Michael Jordan, never took a game off, basically. But, you know, LeBron will take days, and the NBA guys, they take days. And now it's normal. They've put in rules around it so guys aren't missing primetime games. Tim Duncan and the Spurs, they were doing it even before uh, LeBron. But but here is baseball in a scenario where the Yankees have not officially, but called officially, they've clinched everything they could possibly clinch. They're not the number one, but they've done all that can be done as far as winning baseball games with a week to go in the season. On the other side of the coin, here is Aaron Judge on the precipice of history and something that has captivated the sporting world in a way the rest of baseball has not in a in a minute. Like if Aaron Judge was not doing what he's doing this season, would anybody really care about the Yankees game tonight? I get it. You Yankees fans who watch the game like you do. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that you know, 7 o'clock most nights they turn on their TV, there's Michael K. there's Yes Network, and that's what you do. Well, the people that do that, that that would have happened regardless. Uh, there's some people that have left baseball in the past completely, but there is, a, I think, a pretty significant crowd that has a general awareness, is not really in on the day-to-day, they're not keeping a scorebook. They're not reading the agate in the newspaper. Can you still read the agate in the newspaper? They're not checking the standings every day. Like, you know, the Yankees are in the playoffs. You know, the Dodgers are in the playoffs. You like, you know what's going on. And then in a week, week and a half, two weeks from now, when the playoffs start or you're getting toward the CSs or you're, you've got thoughts of the World Series, all right, you'll start locking in and say, uh, do the old what channel's the game on, which is uh, harder in baseball than it used to be, and you find your Turner or your ESPN or uh, your Fox or uh, whatever, and you go find your playoff game, and, uh, okay, oh, there's a random baseball playoff game on at 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, let's pay attention to that. And I think the people in that crowd are the ones that are invested in the Aaron Judge race in a way they would not have been. Like If Aaron Judge was sitting on 55 home runs right now, it's still a spectacular season. Like, if the only thing you changed about his season was, you know, take five homers away, dude still would win the MVP. He would have had an unbelievable season. He'd be going into his free agent offseason. He'd sign a bajillion-dollar contract and the whole deal. I don't think any of that would have changed in over five homers. But the fact that for the last month, it might not even be a month, because even though Judge was going wild basically all year, this talk was not happening in August the way it did for any of the other uh, major, you know, home run records and stuff like that. So it's hard to say what, what, what they're going to do here. You got eight games left and you don't. Need to win them if you're the Yankees. But, and this is where baseball is different than the other sports. You can rest your guys in baseball and keep a starter in if you want. And it's not really, I mean, the main thing you're worried about this time of year is health. Like in football, if, say, Patrick Mahomes, say the Chiefs are 15-1. and and Patrick Mahomes is ready to break every record in the book. But the Chiefs have clinched everything. What Andy Reid is not going to do in Week 18 this year is sit his starting offensive line and play Patrick Mahomes. Not going to happen. The Bills are not going to sit Stefan Diggs and play Josh Allen when they've clinched a bunch of stuff. Not going to happen. In basketball, like, If the Milwaukee Bucks have clinched everything and Giannis needs X number of points to win the scoring title in the last game, like, they're either not going to play him at all or they're playing everybody. Like, you need your people with you when there's physicality out there. And I say the more physical the sport, the more this stands. But if you're Aaron Judge... I realize you're less likely to get hurt if you're not playing at all, but the likelihood of injury here for Judge in the next week is not high playing, not playing, or otherwise. But it's also essentially unchanged whether anybody else on the Yankees that matters plays or not. Like, you could bet Judge leadoff every night. You could, I mean, he's not their DH, but you could DH him. So all he is doing is getting at bats, and he's not in the field. You can do whatever you want here, uh, but the question now for Aaron Boone and for Aaron Judge and anybody else the Yankees have named Aaron, Aaron Hicks can weigh, and I guess that what do you want to do here? You're sitting on 60. History is still to be made, and people care about it. How much? And you've had a week here. Not that I mean, not to blame judges. No, people aren't pitching them anymore. Four walks last night. The last the most walked week that Judge's had. All season. What do you do? And really, nobody's been in this position before. Back in 1927, when Babe Ruth hit 60, like this was not a thought anybody ever had. You played all of the games, everybody, all the time. Like they hadn't even really figured out platoons yet, for the most part. Like if you were there, you played. And that year, Ruth hit 60, uh, and the Yanks, they were 16 games better than anybody in the league that year, swept the Pirates in the World Series. 1961, Roger Maris hit 61. The Yankees, I think, were nine games better than anyone in baseball uh, swept or was 4-1. I think it was the Reds in the World Series. So they dominated all year. Wasn't close. More modern times, this applies a little bit more, but it shows the other side of the coin. In 98, the Maguire-Sosa chase when Big Mac hit 70 and Sosa hit 66. Well, uh, the Cubs, and it was shocking, that last to first, made the playoffs, the whole deal. And Sosa and Maguire going back to fourth all season and Sammy wins the MVP and the whole thing. Now, the Cubs got swept in the first round of the playoffs. You wonder, did all of that negatively affect Sosa and the team? Like, all of that weight and history leaning on them all season, did it affect them in the playoffs? And then anybody else that has hit 60 since then, I can tell you the answer. It did not affect them in the playoffs because none of them made the playoffs. Like, in 98, the Cardinals didn't make the playoffs. 99, Maguire and Sosa both hit in the 60s again. Neither made the playoffs. Both of their teams had significant falloff from the 98 season, even though both of them still hit a lot of homers. 2001, Barry Bonds and the Giants did fine above 500, missed the playoffs. Same thing with Sosa hit 60 again, and the Cubs missed the playoffs. So, like, all of those teams knew that either they weren't making the playoffs or they had to win all the games down the stretch. They didn't have a choice of uh, resting guys down the stretch. Like it was, put those guys out there and see how many homers they can hit in the last week. This is what we have to play for right now. Of course, we're going to play the guys. Well, the Yankees have a choice here. Like this is the most games in a row judges played, 48 in a row this year. Played 47 in a row earlier in the year. It's not like 49 is going to kill the guy, but they got a game tonight in Toronto, off day tomorrow. Like if you're going to rest them, uh, tonight would be reasonable. Like that's that's a reasonable scenario. Setting aside the home runs, I would bet if Judge was on 55 home runs and the Yankees glitched last night, he wouldn't play tonight. So what do you do? Like, the sporting world is going to be mad at you, big mad, if Judge doesn't play in any of these last eight games. TV networks, mad. Cut-ins, gone. All of it. It's very interesting. I just wonder what the Yankees are going to do. And uh, the thing is, for Aaron Boone and Aaron Judge... There is no right answer to the question. You're going to be wrong to somebody and big mad wrong to somebody no matter what you decide. And that's the unfortunate part uh, for Judge, who seems to have handled this whole thing as well as he could. It's fun to watch. And we'll see. We'll see if he's in the lineup tonight. Uh, and if he is, is he going to get anything to hit? Season I four walks last night. And you can't blame the Blue Jays. People are out there, oh, you got to pitch to them. Uh The Blue Jays are in a playoff race. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're in the wild card position right now, one of them. Not pitching to Aaron Judge seems to be a better win situation than pitching to Aaron Judge. I don't know why people haven't been doing it longer. It has nothing to do with him going for 60. Like, isn't it easier to beat the Yankees when he's not hitting the ball over the fence? And it's harder for him to hit the ball over the fence when you don't pitch to him. I mean, think of Bonds. He had 73 that one year, and basically just set the Major League Baseball record for walks three years in a row, like the rest of his career, he didn't get pitches to hit. It's kind of shocking the judge is still getting anything anywhere near the plate. So we'll see how it plays out. Will Judge play, won't he? And if he does, will anyone dare pitch to him? We'll begin to find out uh, tonight. First pitch just past 7 o'clock north of the border with the uh, series finale this evening with the Yanks. And uh, the Jays, again, we'll talk to Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter coming up at 3.30, his thoughts. On all of that. David Hale of ESPN coming up at 2.30. Lots to get to in the ACC. He covers that up, down, left, right, and every which way. We'll talk to David at 2.30. Run the two-minute drill with Andre Schmidt. Top of the hour at 3 o'clock. When we come back, a little sound from around the National Football League. Coming up next year today. Glad to have you along here. All across Central New York. It is the 315 on this Wednesday afternoon on ESPN Radio.
1: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on (laughs) QSportsTalk.com. All across Central New York, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins.
0: Uh, rolling along here on a Wednesday. Always good to catch up with David Hale. He's got the league uh, surrounded every which way. He and Andrew Adelson, who was on with the Axe yesterday, they got that thing tag-teamed and uh, covered as well as you'd like over on ESPN, ESPN.com. Both the Twitters are filled with information, all of that uh, good stuff, and they'll delve into the hoops as well when we get to that time of year. And uh, it's not that time of year yet. It's not basketball season yet. The Orange football team is 4-0. We're not ready to turn the page. So I have seen some leaves that have changed some colors yet. So uh, it's starting to get on uh, top of mind here. And with that, the ACC and ESPN uh, released the uh, television dates and times for all of the games across the league uh, today, uh, which got me uh, thinking and doing just a little bit of research.
1: Once again... Brian goes down a rabbit hole. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late. I'm late.
2: I'm late. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting weapons. This time, I'll just go into the bushes over there, make a lot of noise, and flush out a rabbit.
1: Hello, hello, it's me, Miss Roberts! Help! Curiosity often leads to trouble. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. All right, so uh, here's uh, where I got today when I disappeared down the rabbit hole. You you get on the schedule and you're looking, okay, what games are on Big ESPN? What games are here? What games are there? What time are the games? And uh, what will Orange fans like, not like, or the otherwise? Well, what appears, uh, there's always two things that that seem to be the bane of the existence of Orange fans. You do not like the games that start late. So let's call that 8 o'clock or later. And you don't like when you don't know where the games are on your television. Uh, This year is a pretty good year on both accounts, is what I found out today. There are only three games as of the moment that are scheduled to tip off at 8 o'clock or later. So not many. Last year, it felt like they were happening every day. Why? Because they were. There were seven of them last year uh, that tipped off at 8 o'clock or later. There was a lot of 9 o'clock tips. And you know that 9 o'clock Tuesday night, 6 degrees out. Twenty miles an hour of wind, walking up the hill to the dome—not not a whole ton of fun. Uh, likewise, is staying up that late to watch a basketball game necessarily? When if it's a Tuesday, and I feel a lot of those games have been midweek. You know, you got to get up, go to work in the morning, school—the whole deal. So, just three of those games this year, after seven uh, last year, the COVID year of twenty twenty-one, where you know it's hard to count that there was three. Uh, in 1920, there was four, and in 2018, 2019, there were a nine of those games. So, of the recent years, when you talk about games that are tipping off late, just three this year, and they're reasonably spread out. So, it's not like you're going to have to cram in a lot of late nights uh, during the year this year, Orange fans. So, I think that is a, a good sign here, at least in the early going. And uh, the other is uh, what seems to happen on the next program often. What, what channel is the game on, Brent? Well. I can tell you this year, there's not a lot of general kookiness. What has been consistent, this has been five years in a row now, on your RSN, a.k.a. the games televised regionally, a.k.a. the games on YES here in the Qs, a.k.a. the only games, essentially, that are not on something in some way related to ESPN. There's four of those this year, kind of spread out throughout the year, and they'll be uh, likely on a yes, as they often are here. So be aware of that. You know, if you got cable, it's no big deal. If you are a streamer with YouTube TV or uh, something like that, that becomes a potential issue of being able to watch the game. So be aware of that for four games this year. And the other thing people have a problem with, even though they all have access to it, whether you know it or not, like if you are paying for cable or something that resembles cable – you have access to ACC Network Extra. It's part of the ESPN property. You can watch it on the ESPN app. You just got to log in with your cable login when uh, directed on there. Well, in some years, there's lots of those games. In some years, there's not. There's three of those games on the schedule this year. It doesn't include the exhibition games. Add those in. There's five almost every year. Uh, both exhibition games are on that platform. So three of those games... Easy enough to get to now as we're a multiple years into it, but I know some people still don't like to go and find it. So only three of them to deal with this year. So that is seven of the regular season games. Everything else is on something ESPN-related. The regular, two, the U, a lot of ACC Network, which you all have by now for the most part. Uh, so when you look at game times, tip time, not a lot of late night. What channel's the game on? Not a lot of weird channel. So, as far as the schedule setup, and that gets nothing into the opponents and where they are, we can talk about that another day. The actual basketball of it all, that's a problem for another day. But being able to find, watch, and go to the games, pretty good year for you Syracuse fans when it comes to basketball. Let's hit a break. When we come back, Hour 2, Andre Schmidt, 2-Minute Drill. That's when we come back. It's the 315 at CNY on ESPN Radio and ESPN Utica, Rome.
1: WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249 BC Mattydale, W261 AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio.
2: Can we review our
0: status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status.
1: Can't go back, Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the three one five with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far.
0: All right, here's what we've been up to on the show. We, we've figured out, I guess we haven't figured out, uh, if there's a reason or not for Aaron Judge to be in the lineup tonight or going forward. History versus rest for the playoffs when you hit 60. It is essentially an unprecedented situation for the Aaron's Judge and Boone to figure out Uh, for the Yankees. So we'll see what they uh, get into. Talk to David Hale of ESPN about the ACC. What's Georgia Tech going to do? First team in the league with a coach opening and an AD opening. What will their future identity be? Big questions down in Atlanta. And we've told you that you don't have to stay up all that late to watch Syracuse basketball this year. Only three tip times of 8 o'clock or later on the regular season schedule for the Orange this year after seven of them uh, last year. So it will not be a late night endeavor to be an Orange Basketball fan this year. Coming up later this hour, we're going to talk more about Aaron Judge, Albert Poulos, the home run marks that are falling, fallen or maybe not close depending on how you view. Judge's 60 right now, the week to go in the season. Joe Sheehan uh, will join us at 3.30 of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. One of the uh, founders of the baseball prospectus and has written for SI, The Athletic, and many others. That is coming up at But right now, we turn our attention back to the gridiron, back to Syracuse football, and to the orange kicker. Andre Schmidt, if there is a kicking record at Syracuse, he's got it. He's got career points, career field goals. He, last week, uh, tied the record for most field goals in a game, kicking five. Like, if you want a record about kicking in Syracuse football history, Andre is the guy to go to, because more likely than not, uh, he is the one... That accomplished it sometime in his four-plus years in the arts. What he had not done up to this point, though, a yawning gap in the resume of one Andre Schmidt, was run the two-minute drill, something that we rectified this week. Well, as we do every week now, it is time to run the two-minute drill, and our victim this week is one Andre Schmidt. Andre, are you prepared for what is about to happen here over the next two minutes? (laughs) Yeah, I am. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Andre's ready. Clock is going. Um, You you made the game-winning field goal. What's the feeling like when you go out on the field for something like that? You know, I'd be lying if I said that
2: a game-winner feels the same as a PAT, say, (laughs) in, in the first half, but we did a fantastic job. You know, the whole unit going out there and executing like we do in practice, and yeah, proud of the guys.
0: Uh, Garrett lost the yardage, then he gained it back. How happy were you that he got you back closer to the to the goalpost?
2: Yeah, honestly, I try not to pay attention, really. I'm, I'm aware of the down, but, you know, I'm trying to kick in the net. And wherever they send me out, you know, they're expecting me to make it. So I got to be ready from, from wherever. All right, weirdest spelling that you've seen of your last name? Um, they get the letters in the right spot, but they're always different. S-Y-M-Z-T, S-M-Y-Z-T, but... It's, so, it's simple, if you SZ makes the SH sound and then MYT, if you, everyone knows the letters, then it should be easy to get it in, in the right spot. Uh,
0: yeah, In full disclosure, I did spell your name wrong on my pad this morning, <laughs> I, put the, I did not put the Z second. Uh, and you've been here for five years, so I should be able to know that. What is the weirdest pronunciation you've gotten of your name? Uh, Smizits. <laughs> they pluralized it too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, you know, you got some crazy letters there in order. And uh, part of that is, you know, your family comes from all over. Your mom is Russian. Yeah. Um, what, what is the most Russian thing she's brought to you?
2: Um. How? I don't know. Probably just, like, the way I grew up, the food, and
0: just kind of, like, Speaking the language, really. All right, uh, you, when you know outsiders think Russian food, the first thing that comes to mind is borscht. Is that yeah. is that true, or am I stereotyping you? It? No, it's it's accurate. She makes that a lot. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, it's delicious. I love it. All right, so Andre's in on the the beet soup. There, uh, you won the Lou Groza Award a few years ago. Where is it?
2: Uh, there's two. So the school got one, and then I got one. So it's back home in my in my house.
0: Dino says it's heavy. Is it legit heavy? Uh. It's lighter than you think. <laughs> all right, uh, last thing. You came back for your fifth year. Why, why'd you come back? Or your sixth year, really, fifth year kicking? Why, why, what brought you back?
2: I don't know. I feel like there was unfinished business you know, with the group, and I, I kind of want to end it on a positive note. And I know a lot of the other guys, they wanted to come back, and I spoke with them a bunch and my family, and we kind of all decided that it would be the best to give it another shot
0: for one more year. All right, Andre, that's two minutes. Even a few seconds more. You made it through. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Andre Schmidt. Kind enough to run our two-minute trail earlier this week. Good to catch up uh, with Andre. Andre was in high demand this week. I don't know how he was able to book Andre, when he was also booked on the Mob podcast. It's the hottest place to be, apparently. Caleb Okachuku, Marlo Wax, and uh, others doing their weekly podcast. They got Andre. I guess it's a, it's dropping tonight, as the kids say. Had a little teaser, little teaser on the web earlier uh, today. And uh, our two defensive players on the football team, Caleb Okachuku and Marlo Wax, uh, not quite certain it would appear of the nomenclature of what the kicking award that Andre won a couple years ago is.
2: Do you want to
1: win the Luca?
2: The, I keep the, Luca, Luca what? The, the, the. Come on, man.
1: Luca. Is, he thinks basketball. Bro. What is it, bro?
2: Is Lou. It? Lou grows up. Lou grows up. Oh, Lou right. grows up. I'm smart, child. I'm,
0: I'm smart. <laughs> but. Yeah, don't tell Caleb he doesn't know what's going on. Uh I don't know if you could hear it in there because they're all talking at the same time. He said Luca. You know, I think people think basketball and Luca immediately the thought that comes to mind is Luka Doncic. Andre is a quick dude. Not everybody, when the word Luca is brought up is ready to drop the last name of recent former Iowa big man, Luca Garza. So uh, Andre's got the Luca Garza award at home, and we're going to have to learn the youngins up on who Lou the Toe Groza was. That is Lou Groza, not Luca Garza. Luca might be able to post up Lou, but... uh, The toe could do other things too. Like he played guard and stuff back in the day, Uh, which leads us into this. One of the other things Andre's talking about, kickers back in the day, you know, they did other things. Not anymore. Uh, Andre's not the backup quarterback like George Blanda or playing guard like Lou Groza or, you know, doing everything like Frank Gifford Uh, because it's not 1956 or into the 70s like Blanda, but he played until he was 50 or something, so. You know, whatever. But it's not the 50s anymore. Kickers do their kicking thing. But Andre, you know, you can catch this on the Mob podcast dropping uh, later today. Andre, he kicks the ball and he kicks it good. But he's ready to do other things. The fact that we're
2: 4 now, you know, I
0: I was sitting there and I wish, sometimes I wish I
2: could do more. You know, I want to <laughs> yeah, be out there. Like,
1: I was, let me on defense. Let me yeah. play safety.
2: <laughs> goes down, let me go in for my holder. That's I got him. Crazy. But, but yeah, you know, I want to I do everything I can to help the team win. And, yeah. You know, being four We
1: see, even count. in that, right, a kicker wants to go out there and play safety. Like, <laughs> wow. if, if that don't say how close we are, I don't know what mm-hmm. else will.
0: So, one of the orange safeties is Justin Barron. He's also Andre's holder. And he got ejected in the second half last Friday night for targeting. And, We kind of documented that and how the Orange had to go to the backup holder and Mike Midkiff and worked out just fine to kick the game-winning field goal. But now Andre, as uh, Justin, we believe anyway, uh, haven't heard otherwise, has to sit out for the first half on Saturday against Wagner. Andre said, yeah, we don't need the depth chart. I'm going in. I might advise against that. I don't think Dino's going to take that too seriously. But Andre Schmidt, interesting dude. We got him for two minutes here, probably much longer than that, on uh, that mob podcast. The mob is growing. Who's not in the mob these days? It's big. Big over there on the football team. All right, we'll hit a break. We'll talk some baseball with Joe Sheehan coming up in 15 minutes. Immediately next, producer Matt gives us the 4 right here in the 3-1-5. We'll do that when we come back. It is the three one five today. Glad to have you along on ESPN Radio all across Central New York.